June from the City of Roses. This is the broadcast by Last Professionals and for Last Professionals. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today, we are continuing our preview of LashCon 2020 by looking back at 2019 LashCon that we had back in October of 2019, that is. And we're really excited because today, we're going to have Michael Yost from Strategies come on and speak about team-based culture or what they call also team-based pay. Now, if you're like a solopreneur and you're like, oh, okay, I'll skip this episode, please don't. I really want to ask you to check it out. Uh, this system, the way they do business is different than anything out there. Blah. Most people just think they have commission or they have um, booth rent, but this is really a third and very viable option. I know Shelby from Last Pass Radio with her slung is using it. I know many others who've called and let me know once they've picked it up, said thank you so much. It's so helped me get control of my budget, made me a better leader, gave me strong systems. And we're going to give you a little peek of that today. That's what this talk is all about. It's just going to go through the, the basics, the one-on-one on team-based culture. And I think you're going to get a lot from it, whether you are, have a staff or you don't, please hang around for it. I promise you it will be well worth it. Now, a couple announcements. As you know, LashCon's coming up. That's why we're doing all these special episodes. November 15th, 16th, price is $209. It's super affordable, guys. And really, right now, you have a payment plan available to you where you can pay only 50% down now and then pay the other 50% in 30 days. So like after the con's over, who does that? Well, we do because we want to get as many people into this because we know that this con's going to help so many people with the struggling economy, with the way they're shutting things down again, with the way everything's going to the chaos. Guys, you need inspiration. You need actual practical help for your business. And that's why we put this and decide not to cancel it. We decided to just do it again. But towards the end of the year, when I thought everyone could use a nice little pick up at the end of the year to take you into 2021 and really help you set up for success. And thus, LashCon is here. So please go ahead, go to www.thelashconference.com or go to the link in the bio on our Instagram page and you can get your tickets today. And then the second thing is we're always looking for guest announcers. We love having you guys on the show. One of the things we always wanted to find a way is to connect with our audience and get them on the show. And we can't have everyone as a special guest. Otherwise, i do one a day. Well, if I did one a day, we would. But that we can't do. So getting people to be guest announcers was one of our ways we thought would be great to get you to be part and contribute. So if you love this show and it's been helpful, please send me an audio recording from the basically the show notes you'll see a script in there just record it on video or audio it doesn't matter and send it to paul at lastcastpodcast.com and then you can be on our show all right that's all for announcements let's get into today's episode where michael yost gives you a tour basically of team-based culture 101 in. We're just about to get started. I have the pleasure of introducing one of my favorite people. This is Michael Yost. No, I'm, no, I'm serious. Okay. <laughs> Strategies is absolutely wonderful. As you know, Paul and I uh, used to have a salon. Before we teamed up with Strategies, we were going downhill fast and we actually had no re- idea why we weren't successful. Come on in. Strategies was a beacon of light for us and They gave us the tools that we needed to become profitable, not just to become profitable, but how to run a successful salon. It's not just the pay structure. There is a culture involved. And we had no idea before we engaged with strategies. Michael was at our very first incubator class. And that's your basic uh, get to know us uh, download on on the program. And I actually love to refer to him as polka dots. Because every time I saw him when I come, he'd always very fashionable and was wearing a suit with like a polka dot tie or something really chic like that. So I, I was like, polka dots. But um, anyway, one of the best speakers ever at Strategies. And so you're really lucky to hear him today. Please give a warm welcome to Michael Yost. Wow. I definitely don't need this. I can easily cover this room without the need of that microphone. That's all right. I can do it. It's fine. I'm Mike Familiar. Um, Well, again, good afternoon. My name is Michael Yost. I am the Director of Education at Strategies, and I couldn't have asked for a better introduction. And if Tuscany calls you fashionable in my, of course, my Strategies polo shirt, you're like, "Mm, I'm not so sure about that. But this is, but if, when you get a compliment like that from her, I will accept it all day long uh, as far as that goes. So, but a little bit about Strategies, and then we'll get into the content of the class. So... Who here is familiar with strategies? All right, great. Who here has never heard of strategies? 
Cool. You're in the right spot then. All right. You're in the right spot. So we can get you guys up to speed. What strategies is, is we are a business education company that focuses and specializes primarily within the beauty industry. We deal with everything from medical salons and spas and right down through regular spas, hair salons, wax-only studios, lash-only studios, uh, the whole thing. So we specialize within the beauty industry. What we talk about is just basic business education. That's what we're founded on and that's what we're about. I myself am a hairdresser by trade. Uh, 25 years as a hairdresser, owned a business for 16 of those years and... I found strategies in much the same way most people come in contact with, which was this. Here's what I knew about my business. About a, about a year into my owning my company, here's what I knew. Sales are going up, checkbook going down. That's all I knew. I'm like, yeah, great, growing sales, and where's the money? You know what I mean? I'm like, I don't know. You know, my wife and I, and we're like, I'm not sure what's going on. And so somewhere, somehow, I'm not even sure what it was, but somewhere, somehow, I came across strategies, and I came across an advertisement for a class called Incubator. You already heard Tussany mention Incubator. Incubator is our four-day business class that we have that gives you the, it's the foundation of the team-based model that we preach and that we talk about and that we advocate. And so I went off to Incubator and discovered very quickly, because at Incubator, you do a lot of cool things, like you build a cash flow plan for your company. Woo, exciting, but it is actually quite exciting. And you learn lots of things about your business. All right, lots of things about your business. And we start to open our eyes. My eyes were opened up to a lot of tools that could help benefit my business. And so as a result of that, I started to learn very quickly as of after day two at that time, I called my wife and I'm like, I figured it out. I understand why, you know, because I built my cash flow plan and we moved forward from there. And I became involved with strategies because honestly, at the end of that four days, that four days changed my business life to such an extent that I'm like, our industry needs to know this. And what I appreciated about it was the fact is there's no nonsense. You know, we don't blow smoke and we don't tell you there's an easy button because there's not. You own a business. Business is hard work. It's, I no other way to say it. But it's rewarding work, and it's fulfilling work, but it's hard work nonetheless. And so it changed my life, and it changed my business life, I should say, to such a degree. I'm like, our industry needs to know this information, and because uh, we're doing it wrong. You know, we're really doing it wrong. We're flying blind as far as that goes. So I got involved as a strategies coach and just found my way into that. And the next thing you know, 16 years later, I'm now director of education at Strategies and sold my company three years, well, actually now four years ago, and uh, took on this position full-time. It's been a really awesome experience. I'm from Erie, Pennsylvania. I just moved to Connecticut, which is where Strategies is headquartered, and uh, moved my family there just this past summer. So that's been a whole new adventure on itself as well. So anyway, that's Strategies, and that's kind of who we are. Now, with that being said... The point of this class is not to talk about, here's what I want to let you know. We teach a team-based business model. All right, and I'm just going to get this kind of out there. It's part of what we are. And what we do is we teach a compensation system that we teach an hourly-based compensation system. That's not what this class is about, by the way. But I want to put it out there. And if there's some questions or things like that around that, I'm certainly happy to answer it and answer them. But there's a specific reason that we do that. And the reason and the easiest way to sum it up is this. We preach an hourly-based compensation system because, oh, I don't know. That's the way all the rest of the Fortune 500 companies do it? Hmm. My theory is if they're doing it, that's probably pretty smart because they know what they're doing. And hourly and, and working hourly as a compensation structure has many, many, many advantages of which some of which we can touch on even as I go through this piece. But the point of what we want to talk about today, though, is because compensation and things like that are just one small part. Really understand this really one small part of the big picture of your companies. It's really about culture to me. If you have the right culture, you can achieve anything. All right? If you've got the right culture, you can move mountains. And how you elect to compensate and pay and things like that, that's your business. And, you know, that's fine. You know, I work with lots of successful companies that do not pay hourly, but utilize the right structures and the right systems to be able to run their businesses smart in a smart and an effective way. Culture is what's the key in my opinion. You gotta build the right culture, and that's where the key lies. So what we wanna talk about, the name of this class is just Team-Based Culture 101, because what are the foundational pieces that are a part of a team-based culture, all right? So as we start to think about it, let's think about this. So how many of us are, right now, business owners in the room? I'm sure 
That's the majority of us, I would think so. I can't imagine a non-business owner going, I'm going to go hang out in that room, but just wondering. Uh, and then how many of us as business owners have a team or there we have one or more employees that work for us? Great. Awesome. So here's one thing we know. We know this. We all, just as humans, we all love to be part of a team. I like to be part of a team. I like to win the game. I like to win the game with other people around me. We all love to be a part of a team. And when we talk about team in our businesses, we have these idyllic things in our brain. You know, we think about team in a certain way and we think about team in a unique way. So the question that kind of put out there is, you know, how can we play team in our companies at a higher level? Because understand this, and I'm not, I'm not saying this to burst our bubble, but I want to get the right ideas in our brain, which is this, is when you think about team, you really have to kind of ask this question. Do I have a really great team, a true team, in my opinion, or do I work with just a lot of nice people? And what I mean by that is a team is someone by definition, here's my definition of team, a definition of team is a group of people that meet and anticipate the needs of others. Team to me is a group of people that meet and anticipate the needs of others. So in other words, as you're sitting in your environment, in your work environment, things like that, do you have people that when you happen to be running behind can anticipate and can see that and be proactive about that next client that happens to be out in the waiting room? Are they welcome to that person or is it just like, oh, you know, I don't know, but Michael, you know, he's really getting far behind and well, just good luck to him. Do we just leave it like that? Because teammates help and say, you know what, what can I do to make that experience better? What can I do to help out? What can I do to help change over a room? What can I do to prepare that person for their service? What are the little things I can do? Maybe it's just nothing more than let me just go and engage Mrs. Jones in a little conversation. Maybe it's just make that person feel welcome. Maybe it's just offering them a drink or hanging up their jacket or something. But what can we do and how can we play team at a higher level? Because some of us just play team because it's the most overused word in our industry. We team. I've got a great team. We have a great team. Love my team. Da, da, da. Team, team, team. Or do you just work with a lot of nice people, which just basically looks like this. I ask you if you can help me out. I say, please, you say, thank you. You help me out. Like, but I have to go chase you down in the back room and get you off of like, no, 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 I'm watching a YouTube video. Like, mm, okay, you know what? That's not playing team. Team are people that like said, they see the needs of the company and help meet the needs of the company because growing together and being part of team based, the idea of being team based is a group of people that work in unison to achieve a goal. And that's what a team-based culture is about. We all love to play team, and we all love to be a part of a team, but how well do we really play team? And so what's that really look like? So that's kind of the, the challenge I put out to us at the beginning of this, of this class. Now, as we look at this, again, the answer does lie in your culture. Because culture, let's define culture this way. Culture is the collective behavior of your company. That's kind of the overall definition of culture. And recognize the fact that you can have a culture in many different aspects of your company. You have a culture around the retail aspect of your company. There's a, there's a culture around retail in your business. There's a culture around customer service in your business. There's a culture around everything that you do that's a part of your company. But if we look at this big picture, there is a culture, all right? And it's the collective behavior of your company. And what I want to guarantee you is this. Culture needs to be set and driven by leadership, by the leader. If the leader's not doing it, a culture is still absolutely going to develop. It's just, is it the culture that you want? And that's the big question. Because someone's going to drive the culture, all right? Someone will dictate the culture in your company. We hope it's the leader of the company. Because again, why do I hope that? Because the leader is the one that's supposed to have the vision about where we're going. The leader is the one that's supposed to have the, the idea that we want to go here and this is what we're striving for and this is what we want to achieve and I'm excited about it and I want you guys to come with me. You know, and we want to charge up this mountain and we want to tackle the goal that's in front of us. But someone's going to set a culture, all right? If you're not doing it, someone will set a culture. And I don't even mean that in a bad way, all right? I don't mean that in a subversive way. I don't mean that in a it's us against them kind of way. I just simply mean that, hey, you know what? If someone's not setting the culture and then in a group that I'm a part of, well, then I'm going to put out there my own vibe. And that's going to start to set the culture. So collective behavior of the company. So what I want to ask is this. 
when you look at this chart, and we call this the, the mountain climber, when you look at this, you can see this fact that this is a 1 to 10 scale. So if I had to ask you guys right now, scale of 1 to 10, how would you rate the culture in your company? What would you say? Culture in your company, scale of 1 to 10. 7 or an 8? Everyone's like, yep, 7 or an 8. I'm really glad you said that because when we put out, before every class, we send out a questionnaire. And we ask you to rate yourself in a culture of 1 to 10. I ask the same question. The response is always 7 or 8. All right. It's amazing. You guys are all sevens and eights across the board. So it's pretty fascinating. So when I start to look at that, I start to say, well, that's awesome. But I guess some of my questions back would be this is the fact that are we a group of people that meet and anticipate the needs of others? Because if we're not, we might not be a seven or an eight. We might be a five or a six. Are we a company or are we a culture that we show up to work on time every day? Because if we aren't, then we're not a seven or an eight, that's for sure. And I'm not going to get into this whole piece. This is a whole separate piece here where it goes from no compromise leadership. That's what NCL stands for. Right down into the, whoa, stepped on a thing. Right down into the fiery pit of hell. All right. And so we all kind of know like our vision of what that might look like and everything in between. But realize the most dangerous place to live in your business is in this destroy from within zone or in this mediocrity zone. Mediocrity just meaning, hey, you know what? We're no worse than anyone else. Well, is that really something to brag about? Like, yeah, well, we're no worse than they are. Well, OK, but is that what are you really saying when you say that? And destroy from within is really, really dangerous because here's what destroy from within does. Destroy from within, when you think about that, that's the idea that we think that we're way better than what we are. And that can cause some real issues. You know, destroy from within is do as I say, not as I do. Hey, I want everyone to show up and work on time, but yet I'm the one that's always late. And boy, I can tell you, I've seen that a, a thousand times. And since we're, since we're all friends here now, since we're all friends, you know, we've been, we've been together now for 15 minutes. And so since we're friends, I feel like I can talk to you now in a real way. Here's one for us. When we think about it as, as an owner, you, do you know the biggest complaint about owners? Do you know the biggest complaint? Biggest complaint is lack of follow through. The lack of follow through. That's destroying from within. That's like, listen, we can't get, and I'll just use a simple example. I don't know. I can't, get, I can't seem to get the right stuff on the shelf uh, to sell, so how do you expect me to trust you with something else? You know, recognize this is how culture develops. So if we want to be a 10, if you want to climb this mountain and be up here a 9 or a 10, that takes hard work. You know, that takes an energy that needs to go into it. That takes this idea of striving for something. And that takes the idea that we're not going to compromise where we want to be. So building a culture is critical. All right. Building a culture is critical. So the first thing is to start to say, well, maybe we're not an eight. Now I'll say this. I don't care where you are as long as you recognize where you are and are saying, how can I get better? Now, the good news is this. You guys are all here at a two day conference to get better than what you came you know, you came here to have some fun. You came here to meet people. You came here to interact with people. You also came to learn some things. And that's a real win. I mean, so that tells me you guys are, the, are a group of people that say, hey, we want to get better. I will tell you this. We work uh, strategies. We work in many different ways with companies. We work in a coaching environment. And I work with, uh, right now, uh, myself, I work with about 10 different companies on a one-on-one kind of a basis. All right. I limit the amount of companies I work with just because of my position. We have some coaches that work with 30-plus companies uh, on a regular basis. Now, I work with about 10 companies in a coaching relationship. And I'll tell you this. I love working with companies that live at two levels on this chart. I love working with companies that are in a fiery pit of hell. I love companies that live there. And I love companies that live out here in this no-compromise zone. This no compromise leadership area. Because no compromise leadership is not about we get it perfect every time. You will never get it right every time. I made a lot of mistakes as a business owner. Like a lot of mistakes as a business owner. All right. And even when I knew, I still made mistakes. It's not about being perfect. So that's what no, no compromise up here is not about being perfect. And no compromise is not about my way or the highway. It's about the attitude that we're going to get things across the finish line. It's about the attitude that we're going to do our best 
to be our best every day, even when we fall down on those days and even when we skin our knee and even when we're not perfect, it doesn't mean that's going to hold us back. I love companies that live here and then the fiery pit. Why? Because both of those people are hyper aware of their surrounding. People that are in the fire pit, they know exactly why they're there and they're going, I don't want to be here anymore. And like, I'm out of here. All right. People that live here go, I know what it took to get here. I don't want to be here anymore. Or I want, I just, no, they want to be there. I'm not going back to what I was, right? I want to stay here. All right. Destroy from within is like Michael going, you know what? I think I can lose 20 pounds. I'd love to lose 20 pounds, but you know, at the same time, Oreo cookies are good. I cannot help it. All right. It is my late night snack, not the best combo. So Michael keeps destroying from within by going, you know what? That whole diet thing is kind of overrated, but yet I want to lose weight. You know, you better throw a salad in every now and again. And I'm like, eh, you know, I don't like green things, right? So that's destroying from within. Expecting the fact that you can have the same behavior, but thinking something different is going to happen. Or that's the definition, as you all know, of insanity as well. Expecting another result, but still continue to have the same behaviors. So let's talk about culture, because that's why we're here. I want to share with you today, again, there are seven, to me, seven key building blocks to building a team-based culture. Now, when I talk about team-based, again, what I want to refer to is this, is the fact that we are a group of people that work together toward a common goal. All right? Let's just leave it at that. Let's work together for the betterment of our company. All right? When we say team-based, that's really at the core of it. And so we talk about this idea of building a culture that talks about being team-based, we have to address, I think there are seven key things that we can really start to focus on and look at. Now, I'm not going to have a chance just because of our time frame to really get deep into these, but I want to give you at least some understanding and hopefully as much as anything, what I give you is awareness. And you can start to say, you know what, I need to ask more questions. You know, I want to start to ask more questions about where am I and how can I improve and how can I get better and how can I grow that aspect of my company. So the first To me, the first key building block is this idea of productivity. Productivity. Now, productivity in its simplest term is this. It's just simply a measurement of the amount of hours you have for sale versus the amount of hours you sold. So it's just a measurement of how busy we are. All right. So let's say, for example, I look at my work week. I work a 40-hour week. I have 40 hours for sale. I sold 20 of those hours, I am 50% productive, all right? Now, productivity is this idea I put in here, the maximize the efforts of your team while creating a work-life balance. And that's what we want to create because that creates a really nice culture where we're maximizing our time when we are productive, when we are at work, but also finding a way to honor the people that work for us and that are a part of our teams because that's a big deal, right? That's a really big deal. Because, you know, and this just happened, we just had our conference a couple weeks ago, and we had another speaker from, his name was Dobbin Buck, and he runs this uh, tech company. But he gave such a powerful speech, and again, he talked about the fact that, you know, and we recognize this, but sometimes I think we forget about it, that probably the majority of the people that work for you, you spend more time with them than you spend with your family. And, you know, it's really powerful when you really sit down and are like, yeah, you know what, I, you know, I've, I've thought that before and things like that. But when you really think about it, it's really powerful. You know, that's a really powerful piece. So I want to find a way to create this work-life balance. But productivity is this. As it relates to a culture, I would tell you this. When you make decisions that are good for your company based around productivity, you will make good decisions. Now, okay, that sounded cool but kind of vague. At the same time. So what do you mean? What I want to say is this. Let me put it in real terms. When you have a lot of free space on the book, that's not good. Why? Because if I've got time to sit around, I have time to just, I'll phrase this nicely since we are friends at this point, but not really close friends yet. Uh, Maybe by slide seven, we'll be close friends. But I will say it this way. If I've got time to sit around, I've got time to how shall I say, express my dissatisfaction with what's going on around me. Because we all as humans, I just believe this is just a human thing. This isn't anything that I'm teaching thing. It's just a human thing. If I am at work, what do I want to be? Working, right, busy. That's why God created something called vacation. Because when I am on vacation, I don't want to be busy. 
When I'm at work, though, I mean, again, we have a need as humans, I think, to have, it gives us a sense of satisfaction and a sense of fulfillment to do a job, to fulfill a task. And so when we're at work, we want to be busy. If I'm at work, hey, listen, we all know how this feels. You've had that jamming day. You've had a slammed week. You've had that slam month. Every now and again, to get a last-minute cancellation or catch a breath or things like that, you're like, ooh, that's not bad. That's what I can deal with. All right. That feels kind of good to be like, oh, my morning canceled? Well, that doesn't, well, it kind of sucks, but I can be all right with that. But when we have continuous, all that means is, and again, this is something that's controllable by you as the leader of your company to say, you guys, I always say this, and this is very true about Lash. It's just true about our industry in general. We love, for some reason, to collect people. Like, you guys as owners love to just collect people. Got to find more people. I'm like, why? You're not busy and your productivity is like 60%. You don't need more people, all right? You need to grow the people you have first, then add more people. And I will give you a guideline. You want to live in the 80 to 85% productivity range. That's where you all want to live. Trust me, it's really healthy. It's healthy for you financially, and it's healthy for you culturally. Because that's where we feel like I come to work, I'm busy, I'm engaged, I'm doing work, I'm growing quickly in my job, I'm being rewarded from that financially as a part of my job, and that's why we go to work and things like that. But we have a purpose when we're there. So productivity is a really key element of I want to strengthen my culture. I will tell you right now, if you do nothing else, get the hours filled. Or again, we, some of us, have way too many hours and more hours than what we need. And what I would tell you is this. I would thin the herd for some of you. Now I know it's like, oh my gosh, he's going to talk about getting rid of people. Yeah, yeah, I am going to talk about that. I'm not going to talk at length about it, but I'm going to tell you, listen, you have to decide. I'd rather have three people really busy than six people not. Simple as that. Why? Because those three people are really happy going, we can believe what, I'll say Michael, I'll use myself as an example, what Michael tells us is going to happen because we're busy when we come to work. All right? So productivity is a huge piece. If you want to create culture, productivity, recognize productivity is a big piece of getting things across the finish line and getting energy. Because when were we at our best? Think about those moments when your company is running on all cylinders. What's it look like? We play team better when we're busy. Have you ever been to a really busy restaurant and you've got the best service ever? And you ever been to a restaurant where the only, like you and three other tables in there and you've had the worst service ever? You're like, how can this even be possible? Why am I waiting 45 minutes for a meal when there's just me and another table here? Because not busy, there's no energy, right? There's no energy with that. No one, there's only one business out there that thrives on quiet. It's called a library, all right? The rest of us want to have energy. You know, we all want the morning that started out with the beatboxer or whatever. I already talked to her. I'm like, listen, we got a conference next year, like Chicago. Mark it on a calendar because you're coming to Chicago, because she was awesome. And I want that energy to start things out. Like we like energy. Busy, productive, productivity bleeds energy, which is good for business. When Mrs. Jones comes in, how many of us would ever, let me, one last thing, I'm going to move away from productivity. One last point to make. You pull up and you see two restaurants. One has a waiting line. you got to wait 30, 45 minutes to get into that restaurant. Another one, I will seat you immediately. What are you doing? I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Why? Because they know something I don't. Right? Like they recognize. So busy leads to I want to be a part of that. This is a good thing. Right? The last question is quit hiring for a Saturday. By the way, I understand you might be busy on that day of the week. I'll pick out Saturday. Saturday always seems to be, we're just slammed on Saturday, so I had to add more hours. Yeah, but you're not busy Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. So get those days busy, and then use Saturday as your launch point to get the other days busy, right? Productivity bleeds energy. That's good for culture. All right, moving into point two, because actually I have to work with the time standard on my class. Profitability. All right, you didn't start a business to lose money. You want to create something that's financially healthy. You want to create a financially healthy company. 
This is pretty easy to get our head around. The fact of the matter is, as a how does profitability lead to culture? It leads to it this way. Companies that are profitable can do stuff. And I'll just leave it at that. I don't know what your stuff is, right? Some of you are like, I want to offer benefits. That's your stuff. Some of you want to offer, uh, like I said, paid vacation time or medical or uh, 401k or a matching RA. That's your stuff. Some of you want to provide education to your teams. Some of you want to go, man, I wish I would have brought my whole team to LashCon and that's going to be my goal for next year. And that's your stuff. And it takes, I want to give pay raises out, you know, and I want to offer more. Whatever your stuff is, I want new equipment. I want to expand our company. I want to do this. I want to have another location. I don't care what your stuff is. It takes a company that's profitable to give the stuff, to give those dreams. That's good for culture. Again, no one here is going to be like, so, hi. If we imagine, hi, my name is Michael, and I'm here to uh, do a little job interview for all of you. Thank you all for showing up today. So I want to let you guys know we're hiring for three positions at our not profitable company. We generally tend to lose about five or $6,000 a month. Who's on board? You guys are all be like, oh, well, you know, I got to go. Like, no one wants to be, like, no one's signing up to be like, I want to be part of the failing company. Like me, I'm down with that. You know, one of the things I told everyone, every new hire that I made, I let them know in the job interview early on that we are a for-profit organization. Again, if you view profit as a four-letter or dirty word, you are in the wrong spot. We are a for-profit company. If that is not your bag, I'm cool with that. And I can give you the name of the dog shelter or other nonprofit organizations in our community of which you can gladly, I'm sure, they will welcome you there. And again, that's not to cut on. I'm not, I'm not at all downplaying uh, those, those uh, nonprofits in our neighborhoods and in our cities. They serve a very good purpose. That just wasn't my job. That wasn't my purpose. My purpose was I was a hair salon that, that wanted to grow people that were a part of it. So if you weren't down with the idea that you wanted to be a winning, profitable company, well, then, then you were in the wrong spot, right? We want to win the game. We want to grow a business. We didn't start to go, you know what? I think I'm going to put my house on the line and wonder what happens. Like, we didn't sign up for that and go, yeah, I'm down with that. No, no. We want to win because it's not just a win for us as the owner. Certainly, I started a company because I wanted a better life for me and my two sons and my wife. And again, I'll make no, I'm not going to apologize for that ever. I am the one to put my house on the line to make that happen. I took the gamble and I took the risk. At the same time, I want everyone that's a part of my company to reap in that reward as well and have stability and to grow and to benefit their families and benefit their growth and give them opportunities. So as far as I'm concerned, profitability, man, that's a win-win for everyone that's involved in that company. That helps to build culture. It's a whole lot more fun to play that game and build a company that looks like that. And we can do that. I will say this. When talking about team-based, it's so much easier to do that when we're all pulling together and we are in the team environment to make that goal happen. Because guess what? Not any one of us can drive it all on our own. It's the idea that a high tide lifts all boats, that many hands make for light lifting. I can achieve way more if I have 10 sets of hands than if I have one set of hands. I am not Superman. I cannot do it all. I can't build the company that achieves its dreams and goals and growth on my own. I need team members to help me with that. That's how we get to that profitability. That's how team interacts with that. And they, be, they help to uh, reap the rewards of that, of that as well. Customer loyalty. Another key culture piece Another key culture piece, you know, build raving fans of your business. This is absolutely your ability to retain new guests and existing guests is the lifeblood of every one of your companies. All right. This is critical. I cannot stress it anymore. Customer loyalty is this idea of building raving fans of your business. Now, again, let's notice the language. We're talking team here. I don't care. I'm not building raving fans of Michael. I'm building raving fans of our company that happen to love Michael. 
All right. And let me give you again. I like to give illustrations that I think relate. I'll, use, I'll stay with the restaurant theme because I'm on that. I must be hungry. I don't know. Chicken at lunch? Yeah, okay. Mm. But what I want to say is this is think about a restaurant again. Go back to the restaurant theme. I don't walk into who has a favorite restaurant in your hometown? Who's got a favorite restaurant? Right. You visit there. Why do you visit there? Why do you go to why is it your favorite? Right. Consistency. Love that word. Overarching, absolute consistency. Good service. I'm sure good food. Uh, whatever. We got all our reasons why. Right? We got all our reasons why. We don't walk in there and go, so who's cooking tonight? Uh, Jim's cooking? All right. I'll come back tomorrow. Like, we don't do that. We walk in and go, I know I'm going to get. I'm loyal to that company, not loyal to the chef or the cook of the night. Like, we don't rate ourselves and go, so if uh, Lisa can't be my server tonight, I'm sorry, I cannot dine here. No. You're like, no, it's my favorite restaurant. Why? Because you're loyal to that company. We want to create customers that are loyal to our business. They can absolutely, and team-based is about the fact that we want them to feel comfortable with anyone. That does not mean they have to see everyone. That means that absolutely. You know what? Mrs. Jones can come and see Michael every visit for 20 years. But Mrs. Jones also knows who Lisa is and Daryl is and Barbara is and Melanie is. And she has a relationship with them as well. And she would feel comfortable that, you know what, on occasion when Michael's on vacation and she needs a service that she would see them. And she would feel comfortable with that. That's what being team is. It's not a matter of you have to go see someone else. It's about knowing that you can be comfortable with anyone else. Customer loyalty. Build customers that are loyal to your company. That's what we all dream of because that's beneficial to everyone that's a part of that company. Because we don't win if we turn Mrs. Jones away when we had available time to sell to Mrs. Jones. No one wins that game that way. No one. So recognize the fact that the ability to retain new guests is really powerful. I will share one frightening statistic with you. If you are not tracking, and by the way, every number I am giving you so far is able to be tracked and monitored. All right, We're big at that at Strategies. And if you're down with numbers, my good friend Daryl has a class tomorrow morning called Driving While Blind. Or no, Are You Driving Blind? Not Driving While Blind. That would be really cool. <laughs> like, so let's try that out tonight. Yeah. Daryl, let's go practice in Pasadena driving while blind. Are you talking drunk blind or are you just talking blindfolded? Anyway, because there's a party tonight at 7.30 and it's pajamas. And I was like, pajamas? Like, I didn't get the memo on the pajama thing. But what I want to say is he's got a class tomorrow morning that says, are you driving blind? Which just basically says, listen, if you own a company and you, and you like the majority of hands in this room went up, whether you like it or not, it has numbers associated with it that are telling the story of your business. You can elect to say, I'm going to ignore those. All I want, the fact is they still happen. And one of the numbers that is happening is your customer loyalty. It's called client retention. And I'll talk about this with you, but I'll give you a little sneak peek of it. The fact of the matter is new client retention in our industry is only 32%, meaning you lose seven out of every 10 new guests that walk in your door. That's really not good. All right. That's really frightening, but it's our industry's average until we start to do something that changes that and makes it look different because that's what we want to create is we want to create clients that are fans of our companies, fans of our businesses, because that's how we grow our businesses. That's the butts in the seats, man. That's the butts in the seats. We've got to know. All right. Another thing is the idea when talking about culture is this idea of staff retention. So we want to build this great team culture. We want to build a just in general. I want to build a great business culture. Got to have the first three things. And the fourth one, the fourth key building block in this is the idea of staff retention. All right, staff retention. You know, we want to create loyal team members that see a career path. And that to me is the key. Are you just giving them a job or do they have a career? Because to me, the difference is simply this. A job is just, I show up to work, I do my job every day, I, I know what I'm supposed to do, but I don't know where I can go, I don't know how I can grow, I don't know what's out there in the future for me, I don't know what it looks like financially, I don't know what it looks like with skill training, I don't know if there's other opportunities for me to take advantage of the things that I have that are skills that aren't just the skills of doing a service that I'm trained for. That's a job, right? That's a job. 
A career is someone that understands and can see where they can go in your company, what the opportunities look like in your company, you know, what the opportunities uh, can be outside of just, hey, there's more. We want you here because you've got a brain and we want to tap into that brain and we want to tap into your ideas and we want to offer you other opportunities uh, beyond this. Maybe some of that's some form of a leadership position in our company. Maybe there are just other ways we want to utilize your skills. You know, I had people in my company that liked to count stuff. I hated counting stuff. I found out, guess what? There are people that like to count. I'm like, well then, let me utilize that in my business. Guess what? There's a whole thing of inventory that needs to be monitored. Let me take advantage of your skill and what you like to do. There are opportunities, in other words. We want to build people that are loyal and that, you know, nothing better than to hear it's like, yeah, this person's been with me 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. You know, we want to build loyal team members. We do that through giving them the idea that they can see that there's a growth opportunity, providing growth opportunities and a career path in your businesses. What do you do? The question I would have is, what do you do right now? So if I had to say to you right now, when we're only, we're four out of seven at this stage of the game, if I had to go back and say, hey, mountain climber, scale of one to 10, hmm, maybe we're not eights or nines because we recognize the fact that where we fall short. And again, it's not about making you feel bad. It's not about we're not doing it right. It's about saying, where are we so we can get better? We can't recognize, we can't grow until we recognize where we are first and foremost. So teamwork. Ah, teamwork makes a dream work, right? You know, the atmosphere of working together toward a common goal. You know, I talked about already the idea of team, meet and anticipate the needs of others, all right? This is good stuff, but an atmosphere, what I want to talk about here is this fact that, again, this is where that, again, high tide lifts all boats, many hands light lifting. You know, the atmosphere of working together toward a common goal. It's really cool When we set out, and again, by the way, we highly encourage, it's one of the things that strategy we talk about, that we help you create scoreboards for your businesses that say, this is what we want to achieve. How are we going to get there? And let's all get there together. It's really cool. And we have a common goal that we're all working toward, you know, and that we're all working for. Teamwork is key in culture because, again, we want to be part of something bigger. You know, and I have to say right now, and I'm coming at this from a 50-year-old point of view, I'm actually really, really excited about, you know, here's the favorite sport of 50-year-olds, and there are very few 50-year-olds in this room, uh, but here's the coolest sport that us 50 and over love to do. We love to kill the millennial. Like, it's like our job to, like, squash the millennial. Like, I'm going to push you down. I'm going to beat you up. Like, you don't understand. I'm still from the generation of, I walk to school both ways uphill in the snow. You will earn your keep here. Like, when I first started in hair, I worked every evening and all Saturdays. All right? Now... Does that mean that's the way it is now? And I was expected to work 40 hours a week. And my father, who has also started out as a barber in the Navy and then morphed into what we think of as a modern-day hairdresser, because back when he started, it was men went to barbers and women went to the beauty salon. All right, And then this modern time came through, and we think of salons and things like that as we do now. But the point is, though, my father, what I remember my father is he would leave before I went to school and he'd come home after I went to bed because that man works 78 hours a week. And he thought my generation was lazy. All right. Now, he looked at me like, not did he ever call me lazy. My dad's a great guy, super supportive. Not, this isn't a, my dad really, you know, no, not at all. My dad was a great, great dude. But I'm telling you right now, man works 78 hours a week. At the same time, I go back to productivity and say, hey, listen, I want to honor work-life balance. You know, and the fact is I'm willing to work really hard my 40 hours a week, but man, I need to have a balance out there as well. And we can create that, right? Working toward a common goal allows you to create what you want to create for your companies. I'll give you a great example of this and it ties in this whole idea. In my company, we shut down. We stopped working December 23rd and did not come back to work until January 2nd every year. We shut down for however many days that was. Some days, you know, depending on how the calendar went, you know, and where the weekends fell and things like that, that would be 10, 12 days, you know, sometimes. And we closed there. 
And I had people going, you are crazy. That is nuts. How do you do that? I'm like, because we made a plan to do that. We had a goal that said, oh, no, by the way, not only are we close for that, but I paid everyone for it as well. Why? Because I wanted to honor family. I wanted to honor the fact that, you know what? We all have something. I don't care if I had my 19-year-old who wasn't married or anything like that, or I had a veteran person that was older that had a family, and even like myself that had kids and things like that, because I wanted to honor the fact this was important in my company. We set a common goal that said, if we reach this goal, you're always going to get that time off, and we will pay that time off if we can reach this goal. And I tell you right now, man, you think that they worked really hard from November 1st through December, because that's when we started our goal setting, was we, we did it every month, but that particular time, we'd always start November through December. So I'm going to combine these two months together. Here's our job, man. In the next eight weeks, we got to do this. And man, people worked really hard because they wanted that goal. They wanted that time. You know, they, they, they love the fact that we honored that. It was a part of who we, who we were. But again, as millennials, as, as, as my age, you know, we love, again, going back to this idea, we love the squash, you know, on the millennial. Hey, listen, I think the millennial, more than anyone, wants to be part of something bigger than themselves. That's what I see. When I go to on-sites and we do values exercises and things like that, everything I see about that generation speaks to the idea that they want to be part of something that's bigger than themselves and they want to do with others. And they're great multitaskers, by the way. Like, I love it. Like, my kids still joke that I literally, and it's so true, I cannot talk and text at the same time. Like, my brain shuts down. As soon as I go into type mode, they're like, don't ask dad anything. Because he can't give you a straight answer. I'm like, and I can't. I can't even hear him. Whereas, I go to my, I have two sons. I keep talking about them, Matthew and Ben. Matthew is about to turn 19. Ben is about to turn 17. It's, it's every, if, you, if you don't have teenagers yet, it's everything they tell you it's going to be, right? In a real, yeah, just believe them. It's all the good and all the bad. My 19-year-old's finally coming out of, like, evil mode and, like, actually now is learning the idea of respecting, like, oh, dad doesn't think, maybe dad's not that far off on some things anymore. I'm not as stupid as I once was. And they tell me it gets better. I hear that. I hear that. So, but what I want to say is they're great multitaskers. Like I go down into my son's room and he'll be online with three screens in front of him, streaming a video here, playing a game there, doing a project here with earphones in, listening to music that doesn't have relate to any of the other things. And I'm like, dude, how do you do this? He's like, I know what's going on. I'm like, okay. And so far he's got really good grades and you know what I mean? He's, you know. I can't argue. I'm like, yeah, I guess you can do all that. You know, I guess you can do all that. So take advantage of the strengths that you have, right? Take advantage of the strengths you have because teamwork is this atmosphere of saying, hey, let's all bring our strengths to the table because I have different strengths than you have. And I'm going to be able to pick you up when, and you're going to be able to pick me up in other areas. We can all win and work with each other. That's the cool part. No, that's the cool thing. Teamwork, compensation, all right, compensation. Now, I said I wasn't going to talk about pay, but I'll talk about it right here just in this way on this surface level. I will say it this way. Compensation is this. If you want to build a culture, what you better do is you better find a way to reward the right behaviors. Reward the right behaviors and offer growth because you want to build a culture that's going to go somewhere. And people want to be a part of something and see and understand. Again, we come to work for a reason. One of those reasons is I do want to pay the bills. Uh, that's one of the reasons why we do come to work. So we're big on, and this is why we, we advocate hourly, because it allows us to reward the behavior, not just reward an overall action. So I will say it this way, at the risk of opening up an absolute huge can of worms, of which we have no time to talk about... But I will plant the seed. I'm going to plant a really good seed. Recognize the fact that if you're working commission, and again, I worked as a commission. I opened my business commission. I worked as a commission-based stylist. I understand and get, totally understand and get the whole commission model and all that. I'm not saying it is bad. What I'm simply saying is, and again, this isn't a slam on commission. It's simply a slam on the city. What do you want to create is all I'm saying. All right? So commission's not bad. 
but it's limiting. Because what I want to say is this. What is commission reward? It rewards one thing, and that's the work that they did in that moment. Now, if they were half an hour behind and still gave bad service, still get the same amount of paycheck. You know, I mean, I worked with plenty of people that ran 30, 45 minutes behind. And Mrs. Jones is sitting out there in the waiting room going, okay, come on, you know what I mean? And be all mad and upset. We knew it wasn't good customer service. But yet, at the same time, commission is still going to reward at the same level it always did. Anyone here have a problem with uh, working within time standards in your company? Like, oh, I don't know, people take an extra 15 or 20 minutes more than what they really need to in their routine. Yeah. Anyone here like, hey, we're going to have a team meeting. That means we should all be here, and not everyone's there. Um, hey, I don't know. Here's one for you. Show up to work on time? Hmm. Or dress code? Yeah, that's optional. You know, we do these things. We, we show up to work on time. We have dress codes and we have team meetings for a purpose of we're trying to progress our company forward in a positive way. We do these things not to be rule things. We do these things because of the fact that this is going to help our companies, right? This is going to help our companies. We're doing these things for a reason, right? So compensation just simply comes down to this. We advocate hourly because you can look at things differently and start to say, listen, I want to reward the people that deserve rewarding in my company. I'll do one last thing on compensation for you, and then I'm going to move away and just going to totally melt your brains. All right? And it's this. Picture your payroll, your total service payroll, in front of you on a table. All right, you got it? You got your total? You got that big, just picture it all in cash. All right, all in cash. And picture your employees sitting around that table. If it were up to you, if it were up to you, would you distribute the same money the same way you do right now? Or would you give some people more and others less? I don't know what your answer is. But my answer when I was posed with that question was, I'd hand it out differently than what I do now. Why? Because I recognize the fact that there's some people that go above and beyond that that commission can never reward because it's the other actions that they do. They are team playing. They are helping out. They would assist and get Mrs. Jones ready for the next service. You can't reward that. That's, that's unseen in a commission environment. Now, again, I want to be really, really clear because I said, would you give some people more, some people less? Hourly pay, and I want to say this right out of the gate. What we talk about is no one, no one, and I'm not going to make this any more about pay than this, but I want to make sure we don't get the wrong idea. Hourly pay is never, ever, ever, we do not advocate, no one ever takes a pay cut. You would never go backwards in our system. That is not what we teach. That is not ethical, and that is not fair, and that is not right. If you want to take someone backwards in pay, that's just your two chicken to fire them. That's all that means. You're just two chicken to fire them. So we are not about that. We do not advocate that. We do not talk about that. We talk about the fact we want everyone to earn what they've always earned and grow from there and give opportunities to grow from there. But I want to reward the people that do. I don't want to reward the people that just kind of. I want to reward those people that play the game well and have opportunities. So when we say this, reward the right behaviors, what is your current structure look like and does it offer growth for them as well and reward the right behaviors? All right. Last key building block is this. It's got to be about leadership. Oh, man, dang it. I thought we could escape this. Oh, it was so close. But no. No, this is where we've got to step up. You know, leadership has to be empowered and you do that through harnessing your vision through focus. Listen. You've already done this part, by the way. Because why? Because you have at least some other team member that wants to be a part of your company or is currently a part of your company. In other words, you harnessed the vision for them and you shared with them, listen, this is why you want to be a part of us. Because we are great for these reasons. And here's what we're about. They bought into what you sold them, in other words. All right. Hey, we painted a vision about what our business was around and we attracted people that wanted to be a part of that. You know, that's where leadership needs to step up and start to say, hey, listen, you know what? I want to show you where we're going to go and where we want to take this company. I'm excited about where we're going for this company. You know, so leadership is the last building block in this key element. I want to create a better culture. So I would say this kind of as we wrap up. If you think this sounds like a lot of stuff to take in and, and to some degree a lot of work, the answer is, yeah, you're right. 
At the same time, the fact of the matter is it's all the work you need to do anyway. You own a company. All this goes with it. Whether you want to elect to be a part of that, engage that or not, is kind of now up to you. But recognize your business, the culture then from that is going to develop. And again, if you're not setting the tone, someone else is going to set the tone for you. So take these. Again, let's construct something in a culture that you've dreamed about. Now, as we kind of wrap this up, I'll put it out there to you this way. We love, you know, we've got a booth out there. We're happy to answer any questions. Like I said, Daryl's got a great class tomorrow that's more number-centric. Like I said, we're big on numbers and strategies. Why? Because numbers tell us what the story, yes, what the story is. You're my favorite student. <laughs> what the story is, you know. And then what we need to do is recognize this. Numbers are only a result of actions and behaviors. If my kid brings home a 93 on his test... I know his action and behavior is one that he studied for the test, he was prepared for the test, he knew the information. If he brings home a 70 on a test, he was not prepared, he did not study, and his actions and behaviors resulted in that. All right? So the numbers of your business are critically, critically important because they tell the story of your business regardless of. And well, again, we advocate a team-based business model at Strategies, and hourly pay is a part of that And what we advocate. It is not... The key. The key is the stuff we just talked about there and all those other areas. The key is understanding your company and building that in the right way and understanding your business. That's the key to success. Changing your pay changes nothing. Absolutely nothing. It can be, though, that piece like on there on point six where it comes in and it helps enhance and add to what you're already doing. And it needs to be, we want all pieces in place and all pieces of the puzzle in place. So if you dug this, if you liked what we're talking about, if you're down with this, I got a really cool thing for you. I got a really cool thing for you. And it's this. You guys all have phones. I know that. So if you're digging what we're doing and you want to have a free hour coaching session, we do that. So you guys all get a free hour if you want it. All right? So... If you want that, i got a number for you to text. All you got to do is open your phone and text the word COACH. And here's the number. The number is 860-415-4489. So 860-415-4489. Text the word COACH. And that will trigger the process. And then you will, get in, you will be reached out to and set up with an hour of coaching. And again, I'll be very straight with you. The hour coaching, we do memberships. We do all kinds of things and things like that. It's not about selling you on anything. It's about helping your business. If you elect to still want to engage us more, we have other ways to continue to do that. If you want to learn more about the base foundations of what we do, we have a class called Incubator. It's four days. You build a cash flow plan at Incubator. We talk about the basic systems that drive the outcomes of our business, such as pre-book, client retention, productivity rate, uh, broadband. Now, broadband is our word for career path. Remember, that was point five, I think, on there, show people opportunity, the staff retention piece. We talk about those key elements. Incubator is a four-day class. The next time we offer that is in Austin, Texas in January. So if anyone's from a cold climate and you want to go to Austin in January, we can help you out. We actually have a special deal on that offering here, two for one, two for the price of one, uh, as far as that goes. But here's the one last kicker, and I'll let you guys go. There is on our booth, if you want to try and win a ticket, we are giving away a ticket here. Not This isn't mass. This is just amongst the people that are attending LashCon. We have a scan me, a QR code scan me. If you scan that, you can just walk away from the booth then. It directs you to put in your name and a quick piece of contact info, and you're automatically entered. Someone from LashCon will win uh, free seats to Incubator in Austin, Texas in January. So if you sound down with that, that's available to you. I want to do something better for my company. And I started to learn how, to, how that looked. And that's why I'm standing here because like, I love what I do because it changes our industry and helps you guys. So thanks for your time. And like I said, go check out Daryl tomorrow morning. Woohoo!
Okay, guys, that's all we've got for you today. This show has to end, unfortunately, so let's wrap this up. I want to ask you to please follow us on Instagram at LashCastPodcast and at The Last Conference. And remember to subscribe, share, and view. And also, go get your tickets. It's less than two weeks away, guys. $209, 50% down now if you need a little help. And you can pay the 50% at the end in 30 days. Otherwise, we will hopefully see you on November 15th and 16th, virtually speaking, that is. Do not wait and delay and try to watch it after the fact. I promise you guys, it's much more worth it if you see it there live. You can win prizes. We have a party that we're going to do on Sunday night with uh, TikTok-type videos. We're going to be giving playing games during the thing. It's going to be great, guys. I promise you do not want to see this on the replay. On behalf of my last sister, Tustin, as well as our special guest, Michael Yost, I want to thank you for taking some time to listen. Keep on lashing, and remember, you have a friend in the lash industry.